It is Christmas, it's obvious isn't it? If you've been to the shops lately you'll know that it's been silly season since I reckon it's about early November and look it is kind of fun isn't it? The lights go up on our houses and party season starts in earnest and we start to get seriously silly. So maybe you'll wear clothes like these uh, to your office Christmas party, did you? Uh, Where you'll uh, drink too much, say too much, uh, kiss the boss, do all kinds of other silly stuff that you later regret. In fact, I heard on the news the other day that some workplaces were actually banning mobile phones uh, from office parties for exactly that reason so that no one could record any of the silly stuff and put it on Facebook later. But look, it's all part of the fun, isn't it? Because it is silly season. Though I do reckon Christmas bonbons are pushing the limits just a bit too far. Now, I guess you'll have some of these on your Christmas table for lunch. When, when you do the sums through the years, I must have heard hundreds of Christmas bonbon jokes and none of them have been good. But there's a new crop every year. I reckon they exist to make my dad jokes look good. Uh, but look, like, like this one I got in a bonbon a couple of weeks ago at a party and I'm just mentioning this because I've got to warn you in advance, I think it's probably the worst punchline I've ever heard. What happened to the man who didn't know the difference between putty and toothpaste? The answer is, all his windows fell out. <laughs> now, now, I mean, the punchline, the punchline could have equally been could have equally been his teeth never fell out. That would have been just as good. But, but, but the fact is it is one of the worst jokes ever. But that's okay because it's silly season and we're very forgiving. And, and everyone at Christmas lunch today will have a laugh no matter how bad the jokes are. But look, as we, as we come to the climax of yet another silly season that, that really is lots of fun, it's maybe worth stopping, just pausing for a minute because I'm going to say something that might sound really silly because it goes so much against the flow. And that is to say that in a world that thinks life and especially Christmas is all about consuming and being comfortable, in a world that thinks the purpose of life is getting more and more toys that just get more and more expensive as you get older, in a world that thinks our happiness comes from consuming and being comfortable and chasing after satisfaction and status, then the first Christmas looks very silly indeed, doesn't it? The first Christmas turns all our world's ideas about what's valuable and what's important totally upside down. And it's all there in a nutshell in that famous story that's just been read for us of the first big public announcement of Christmas to a bunch of cold, shift-working sheep herders in a paddock. They're out under the stars, they're shivering in the cold, they are watching their sheep while everyone sensible is at home asleep in bed. That's the scene there in Luke chapter 2 verse 8. Reading number 4, reading Tom just read for us, shivering shift workers, shepherding sheep. It says in verse 8, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And yet suddenly to those humble sheep farmers a cosmic announcement with a bright light and an angel of the Lord in full flight. Just look at the scene there if you're following the reading again in verse 9. An angel of the Lord appears to them and the glory of the Lord shines around them. 
And as you and I would be, I think, they were terrified. But I just want to pause and ask the question. If you were the Lord God of the universe and you were going to get an angel to make a grand announcement, who would you tell your angel to go to? <laughs> go and appear to Donald Trump maybe. Tell him he's got the world's attention. Go and appear to Rupert Murdoch maybe. Make a big splash in the newspapers all over the world. Here's an idea. Go and appear to Katy Perry who can post it to her 94 million Twitter followers. Well, it's 94,281,255 Twitter followers to be exact, or at least it was last week when I checked, more than anyone else in the world. Go and appear to the important people, to the rich and famous people, to the connected people, the influential. But you see, here's the first silly thing, at least to our way of thinking. The angel goes to a bunch of shivering shepherds who have got no Twitter followers at all and says to them in verse 10, don't be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. Here's the Messiah, the Lord. He's the King that the nation of Israel has been waiting for all these years, the one who will bring great joy. And I'm telling you guys, he's come at last. That is silly, isn't it? It's upside down. And look, here's something that's even more silly. What kind of king would come in these circumstances? This is a baby king, we're told, wrapped in cleaning rags. This is a prince in a poorhouse. This is majesty in a manger, a word that means feed trough. Now look, I, I know I look like a slick city guy these days, but my dad was a farmer. And every weekend I'd help him out round our little farm just out of town and we'd drive out to the farm in the old Toyota ute with a, a few bag of oats and a few bales of hay on the back and we'd pour the oats out from the oat bag into the feed trough in a cloud of dust and, and the cattle had come and they'd push one another out of the way and they'd munch and they'd dribble and they'd drool and they'd lick it till it was empty. Take that feed trough and stick your baby king in it. It just doesn't make sense, does it? If he's meant to somehow be important. But listen again to what the angel says to the shepherds. Verse 12. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in rags and lying in a trough at the back of the shed. Where he's lying, of course, because there's no room for him anywhere else. So silly it seems for this to launch the career of a king who is supposedly going to bring great joy. Because doesn't great joy come from our piles of presents? News broke through the week, you might have heard it, of an American mum who was giving her kids 300, no, just one kid, I believe, 300 Christmas presents. Now, that's actually the picture of the presents under the tree. I would have to say opinion was divided on the internet, you know. Some people online saying it's a little bit over the top. But, but you know, that's our vibe. More stuff, more happy. And so it sounds kind of silly, doesn't it, and unimpressive to see this king lying in a feed trough in rags 
when we're so addicted to luxury and comfort. To think that a king like that could somehow bring great joy. But you know, I wonder if the real silliness of silly season is maybe that as a culture we don't actually know anymore what really makes us happy. We don't know where to look for real satisfaction. And so maybe we pile up our plates and we pile up our Christmas trees because we think that happiness is there, that great joy is found in places like that, that it comes that way. And so silly season makes us do silly things like going into too much debt that we regret for the next 11 months, overspending on overconsumption that just in the end makes us more and more unhappy. The Australian Psychology website, Australian Psychology Association website says, we are living through an epidemic of overconsumption, materialism, debt, waste and stress. I mean, that's a silly season, isn't it? And we're constantly being told to buy more stuff we don't really need and we do it because we're so addicted to overconsumption. When psychology studies over and over again prove that materialism does not produce happiness but produces depression and anxiety instead. So the more materialistic we are, the the worse our quality of life. And we just don't believe that because the ads keep telling us we should never be satisfied, that we should feel that what we've got is obsolete if it isn't this year's colour, that we shouldn't under any circumstances be content with humble circumstances that we would never be satisfied to put our baby in rags in a food box. And yet the reality is God was. And the reality is those kind of humble circumstances are right in keeping with the heart of the God of the universe. When Mary was first told the news of the coming birth, we heard it in reading number two earlier on, remember there how she broke into song? She's saying this, God scatters those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things but has sent the rich away empty. Empty, rich. Totally back to front, isn't it? Silly. But that's what Jesus goes on to live out and to demonstrate and prove that God loves the humble and looks down on the proud, that he hates the bully, he loves the servant. Steps into our world in flesh, not with the best of hospitals or surrounded even by hundreds of ancient midwives in a palace, but here wrapped in rags in a shed with some shepherds watching and from there goes on to end up on a Roman cross, paying, the Bible tells us, not for his sins but for ours which ultimately is why you see the angels are promising great joy being found here instead of all those places we so look in vain. It's hard to know in silly season, isn't it, where there's real wisdom in the midst of it all. I guess I just want to throw out the suggestion as I finish up this morning, in a sense the invitation, that when maybe one day you get to the point of realising that the sparkle doesn't satisfy when you've overdosed on the fun drug and it's not giving you any more kicks, then maybe you should think back to this very humble starting point and start over yourself. A humble saviour who stepped into a shed 
with the promise of great joy. The angel said, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. Here's the Messiah, the Lord. Friends, can I say if you're visiting this morning, it's great, we've got a lot of people with us today who aren't usually, but I know that there are dozens of people sitting around you here this morning who will tell you without a moment's hesitation that is exactly what they have found. And it is not so silly to look for joy there. You'll find a joy that you won't find anywhere else.